So most of us are very good at describing what the other is doing or how the other is communicating in a way that's creating dissatisfaction in our relationships. And most of us want the other person to change how they are behaving, how they are communicating. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. If you're listening to this podcast, one of your reasons for spending time with me is that you want to have more mature and more satisfying relationships. In my experience, we all want that, and I believe it's a wonderful desire or aspiration to have. And relationships are not always easy. I am sure by now you've noticed how much mental, emotional, and physical energy relationships can take. You think about them, you have feelings about them, and if relationships are dissatisfying, most likely they keep you up at night or they take your focus away from work or other activities, or maybe they even impact you physically. Yes, when you are having lots of dissatisfying relationships, your nervous system is not the only one affected. It's been researched and documented that people who lack satisfaction in relationships can suffer from ailments like digestive issues, foggy brain, lethargy, and others. And if you are already nodding your head in agreement or you're noticing that you are experiencing some of these things, then this episode will offer you important information. Today, I'm going to help you understand common expectations you may have in these relationships that could be the contributing factor to the sense of dissatisfaction. It's useful to know that I will be talking about average relationships. I'm not going to be addressing relationships in which there is abuse. So let's begin. In my years working with people and their communication, I've heard a lot of people talking about their dissatisfying relationships. I'm going to give you three examples for you to get an idea of what I usually hear and the language people tend to use when they talk about a relationship that's not going the way they'd like them to go. Someone said to me, my five-year-old daughter is pushing my buttons. The other day, she was upset that her favorite socks were in the wash. She wanted to wear them to school. She's getting on my nerves every day. She knows I have to take her to school and get to my meetings on time. Another person said, things are so frustrating with my partner. She does whatever she wants without consulting with me. She's so selfish. She invited a friend of hers over for the weekend. And you know, during the weekend is when we do our house chores, when we hang out together, when we go to the farmer's market. She's not considering me. Another person shared with me, it's super stressful at work right now because they want us to work remotely most of the time. Now, what did you notice about that language that was used? Well, let me tell you what these three examples have in common in terms of their language. 
all three people are placing their attention on the other person or on external circumstances. And their language reflects that. And in my experience, most of us do that. When life and relationships are frustrating, usually because there's some kind of communication breakdown, most of us talk negatively about the other person or about our external circumstances. When I start working with people and I ask them, if you could change something in your communication, what would that be? In the beginning of our work together, I usually get responses such as, I'd like my daughters to stop having tantrums every day about silly things. I want her to be more resilient, even if her favorite socks are in the wash. Or, I'd like my partner to consider my needs and be a team player and not just do whatever she wants to do. Or, I'd like my company to be more flexible and give us the choice to work in the office. Now, if you are saying to yourself, hmm, Alejandra, I think I do that too, then just know you're not alone. And in a moment, I am going to explain one reason why when relationships aren't working to our liking, we tend to place our attention on the other or on external circumstances. But before I do that, I want to say that if you keep placing your attention on the other or on external circumstances and then wanting the other to communicate differently or the external circumstances to change as the main solution that will turn your relationship from dissatisfying to satisfying, then you are taking your adult capacities away from you. Let me explain. When you were young, you didn't have much of a choice to make decisions. It was your parents who decided where you lived, with whom, what you were going to eat, at what time, what school you were going to go to, what clothes you were going to wear, what you were going to do after or before school, which God you were going to pray or not pray to, what was okay to read, to watch, to play, to talk about, and the list goes on and on and on. If your experience was like for most of us, very little was up to you. Most things depended on others. And these others were adults in your life with whom you had an intimate relationship. And they had a major role in your experience. I remember in my house, if my parents were in a good mood on Sundays, my dad would ask me to play one of his favorite jazz records. And music would be blasting in the house. If my parents were not in a good mood, the house was quiet. Except for the loud noises each of them would make to communicate that they were upset about something. Now, in those moments when they were upset with each other, making a joke, being effusive, or wanting to be heard about something I wanted to talk about was not much of an option. Most of my communication coaching clients shared very similar experiences. One of them said, depending on how my parents closed the door behind them when they got back from work, I knew whether we were going to have a lively dinner in which we could talk about school or our friends, or whether it was going to be the kind of dinner in which you had to eat your food as quietly and as fast as you could, and then go to your room, 
without calling anybody's attention. When we were children, without the ability to change what was happening, to communicate with others at the same level of development, we did what we could, which was to hope. In my case, I hoped my dad would ask me to play a jazz record. My client hoped her parents were going to close the door gently and say, Hi kids, we're home. Come say hello. When we were young children, our developing brains did the developmentally appropriate thing and placed our attention on the other, the adults, the external environment, whoever or whatever had the ability to influence things. And at that time, when we were young and had a little bit more language, like six, seven years old, we would say things like, I can't go out and have fun because my mom grounded me. Or, I don't like reading because my teacher is mean. Or, I don't want to go to grandpa's house because he's boring. He doesn't have any toys I can play with. Did you notice the language? Could you now hear how the attention is on the other or on external circumstances? Now, this language, this relational language that we learned during our first seven years of life, creates a big imprint. And unless we work on it, even though we grow, even though our brains develop, and even though we become the ones deciding everything, what to eat, what to wear, what we're interested in, what kind of activities we want to do, where we want to live, who we want to spend our time with, etc., etc., etc. When we experience our relationships, we tend to use the language of our first relationships. And if our present time adult relationships are not going how we'd like them to go, we place our attention on the other. And if we keep doing this now that we are adults with a fully developed brain, if we keep placing most of our attention on the other and wanting the other to communicate differently with us so that they can make it okay or more satisfying for us, then we are showing up in our adult relationships with the expectations of our younger self. And as I said before, this is very, very common. Remember, there was a famous musical called I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. I haven't seen it, and confession time, musicals are not my thing. But the title of that musical really describes the kinds of expectations we have when our relationships start to feel uncomfortable and we show up as the young version of ourselves. So most of us are very good at describing what the other is doing or how the other is communicating in a way that's creating dissatisfaction in our relationships. And most of us want the other person to change how they are behaving, how they are communicating. But since communication and relationships are a two-way street, we are the ones that need to know how we are communicating, how we are behaving, that is creating dissatisfaction for us in our relationships. We are the ones that need to know what about our communication needs to change so that we can have more mature and satisfying relationships. Having that kind of expectation, placing our attention on how we are communicating that's giving us the kind of relationships we're having, 
Well, now that's really going to help you have more of the relationships that you want and less of the relationships that you don't want. I've seen this happen again and again. I know that when a parent comes to me and says, I want to be less impatient with my five-year-old when she cries because her favorite socks are in the wash. I want to work with my communication when I'm feeling anxious. Now, I know that that parent is on their way to a satisfying relationship with her kid. I could give you hundreds of examples, but there is one that I would love to share because it's just so clear and perfect. I worked with a wonderful couple and one of the partners would say this to me, Alejandra, I've been in Grumpyville this week because my wife's too stressed out again. When he really understood that his wife's stress was not the cause of his taking residence in Grumpyville, his marriage changed. In every session, he learned the communication skill to show up in his marriage like the capable, intelligent, and mature adult that he is. And then months later, I asked him, so have you had any visits to Grumpyville? And he said to me, oh, I think Grumpyville is a thing of the past, which made us both chuckle because he described that so accurately. Yes, because having his inner state depend on his wife, on someone else, and wanting her to change so that he could be okay, that was totally a thing of the past. If you've been following me for a while, you've heard me compare communication to the breath. We're always breathing, but we're not always aware of how we're breathing until there's a problem with our breathing or until someone teaches us to pay attention to our breath. The same goes for communication. We're always communicating, but we're not always aware of how we are communicating until there's a problem with it or maybe until someone teaches us to pay attention to our communication. And now that you're a wonderful, mature, and intelligent adult, you need to learn to shift your expectations and your attention. You need to learn to notice how you are communicating or not communicating that's bringing you the sense of dissatisfaction in your relationships. Now, if you, like myself and my clients and students, also want to shift the expectations and you also want to understand how you need to change your communication so that the relationships you have can be more satisfying to you, then I want to invite you to a new free workshop I put together for you. I'm calling it Healthy Relationships at Home and Work. In this one-hour workshop, I am going to teach you about the three most common communication mistakes we make that harm relationships and what to do about it. Go to languagealchemy.com forward slash workshop. It's a live one-hour long workshop on Zoom, and I'm going to be offering five time options to make it doable for your time zone. So don't wait go to languagealchemy.com forward slash workshop and sign up for healthy relationships at home and work. And now 
let's recap what you've heard in this episode. We talked about the kind of communication expectations we tend to have in our relationships and the kind of expectations we need to have in our relationships if we want to experience more mature and more satisfying relationships. So we talked about how we tend to want others to change and how we place our attention on how others communicate with us. And I shared with you that when we do that, we are not showing up in our relationships with all our adult capacities. And so I encouraged you to shift those expectations and look at how you are communicating that's giving you the kinds of relationships you are having. Thank you so much for listening and a special thanks to all my clients and students who learned to have more mature and more satisfying relationships. And once again, if that's what you would like to, then come to the free workshop I'm offering in the next two weeks. Remember, it's called Healthy Relationships at Home and Work. And how do you sign up? Go to languagealchemy.com forward slash workshop and pick a time that works for you. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.